Welcome to the Afro Gamer Podcast, where we discuss everything gaming and esports in Africa. We speak to different personalities, pro players, the presidents of esports association, anyone and everyone who is into esports in Africa. My name is Ife. Um, today we do have a guest in our midst. He is an active esports um, stakeholder in Uganda. He's also the curator for Navi Esports. Viewers and listeners, welcome. Um, is it Ivan or Ivan? <laughs> A little bit of both. <laughs> okay, so Eve, I'll say I'll, I'll use the African accent and say Ivan. No problem. <laughs> okay, so how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm basically doing well, though. I think I'll be, I should be asking you, uh, depending on the situation that's currently going on in the United States, how oh, are you I'm, coping up? I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm staying indoors, and, you know, keeping safe. Yeah. So uh, for, I'm, I'm fine. Hoping things get better. So let's jump straight in, straight into it. Um, yep. The question I ask everyone is, you are an esports stakeholder. How did you get into gaming and esports? You can go as far back as when I was seven and played Game Boy, you know, just walk us through from how you got into it and, you know, yeah. how it brought you to where you are now. I think uh, going back when I was uh, kickstarting, when I was actually young, obviously when you're a young boy out there, gaming is always something that you're doing. But uh, growing up, it was a bit hard for me to actually get um, consoles like the PlayStation, Xbox, yeah. It was hard, not because uh, of, the, of affordability or anything, but because of the negative um, mentality my parents had towards it. You know, uh, they were like, we give you this. I think, you know, you get a bit spoiled here and there. So basically, I was that kid who used to hustle the PC, you know. I mean, my range compete at home. I have to find ways of putting people A games on it, you know. So it gave me a bit of the IT knowledge that I know. Cause I had to find a way of coming up with like various solutions like direct X and working on the RAM and the refresh rates for the monitor. So it really gave me um, so much knowledge. It was, I think, a learning process. Whenever I look back, I always thank my parents for not buying me that PlayStation and not buying me that Xbox because it kind of made me who I am in terms of my careers and uh, the tech IT knowledge that I have and basically my appreciation and love for IT. So that is how fight all started so when um obviously when you're trying to like get your way out of working with a pc that's not a gaming pc it gets a bit hard but mm -hmm. you do learn a few things so since it was a bit hard for me i kind of gave up on it towards uh, my high school like during my high school period i played so much when i was a bit younger but during high school i kind of switched off a bit and went into that life of you know, a teenage boy <laughs> trying to do this and that. So moving forward and finishing, now actually mid my high school, that is when I started trying to find out what I can actually do for myself, you know, trying to find a bit of self-awareness and see what I can do with the few skills that I have at hand. So I went in to, to partner with a few friends of mine and we went deeply into sports. I was in a sports-oriented school, so sports was a major thing. So what we did, we formed a brand called MIA. MIA in full was uh, Men in Action. So okay. the purpose for, men, purpose for Men in Action was basically, it was actually for a traditional sport, 
uh, called rugby. So that was what we were doing. We would like have rugby events, you know, have a few teams here and there, sponsor, do a bit of sponsorships. But the main goal for MIA was to basically use sports to change the world, you know, to transform the world and put a smile on a few people, you know, in terms of donations and a bit of charity here and there. So we, I did get to do that. But through that whole process, I was basically just finding myself and seeing what I can do within society and basically do for my life and my future. So with MIA going strong, um, finishing up like my last year of high school, um, I was going deep, but I was really determined to go deep into rugby in Uganda and see how I can basically grow that. But okay. uh, moving into the rugby industry became a bit hard because being my age and this industry already having the union and the federations formed, it was a bit hard for a person my age to have a bit of influence. So I couldn't do much. There were very many barriers ahead of me. So the best I could do was look out for something I could go into, I could get involved into and actually be able to grow, you know, because I believe so much in creating and I wanted to find out of creating a better rugby industry within Uganda and finding out, you know, making it have an impact, let it do something within the country. But I didn't, I didn't go so much with it. But I switched up and went in with esports. Um, I did, a, I did, I think a bit of research for about a year. It took me about a year to f- fully make up my mind and say that okay, esports is the journey I'm taking. So within that year of research and a bit of call, you know calling in people here and there, you know esports wasn't a thing here in Uganda at all. And this was just last year. No one knew esports per se. I would say maybe 5% people actually knew what esports was. So there was not much reference. I couldn't call someone up and maybe meet someone up and have that discussion. So the best resource I had was actually the internet. I really spent so many hours uh, going deep into the industry and seeing how it's running. And I think so far, so good. That knowledge that I failed to get within, I was able to get from the internet. Then I made up my mind late 2019 to start working on a brand and seeing how I can actually push and where we can actually get. So, so that is basically the brief, you know, from a failed passion of promoting rugby, yeah, to me going back and doing, uh, looking at what I can actually get deep into and develop and grow, something that is still open for my hands to actually have, you know, that physical, you know, touch on, finding esports, seeing that gap in Uganda that we have nothing to do with esports. Gaming was happening, but gaming as gaming, but not professional gaming. So came in and gave it a face, you know, giving Uganda a face and making sure that at least what I do every day does not just help Uganda, but can also help Africa in terms of the content we push out, in terms of that's the people you know relate to that even being here is me actually trying to see that we can help grow this. Very few people don't get this opportunity, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't thank the Afro Gamer for giving us a voice, you know, for getting people out there. And um, I wouldn't say that a billion people would see it, but the few that will and the numbers will just keep growing. And uh, and to me, that's that's growth. To me, that's growth. And today we put out a post on our Instagram of uh, basically a, a throwback of where we started and where we are right now. So it's basically, we broke it down into a three-phase level. We're working on the fourth level, but right now we're, we're being able to get to that three, that level three aspect of things. And um, 
I believe we have shown growth. We have definitely shown growth from where we started. We started with a very humble setup, not much going on. Basically, a few PlayStations in a very studio box um, rental room somewhere in a certain suburb here in Kampala, Mukono actually. So and this was like a village area, like very the population there wasn't population for Xbox. So me coming to the city Kampala, I had to partner with a South African brand called Fast Sports Fusion. It's a, it's a sports, I think I'll call it a sports facility company. They basically set up sports facilities. So partnering with them, they gave me a bit of space within their indoor sports arena and I've been able to construct an esports, the first esports facility within Uganda. And we shall have a, you know, a bunch of things going on there. We shall have team trainings. We shall have a podcast happening like this. We shall have a content creator sit then, you know, creative sit then to be a basic space for, you know, brainstorming and promoting esports within the country. So that is how far we have gone. Right now, at least what we have, we have our facility in, trying to grow the team. I've been working, I would say, alone for the most part, with God being my guide, obviously, but I've been trying to like push everything alone on my end. That's why if you actually look at Navi, Navi is actually Ivan backwards because I didn't have a creative team to sit down and come up with a name. Oh, <laughs> wow, I didn't even think about it that way. <laughs> yeah, so I just flipped my name over and I was like, you know what, I really want to be original with this. Let me see what can actually come up that is 100% original. I was like, hey, I have a name. Let me just flip that around and see what, you know, where it can take us. And now we're here on the TGA and it's amazing and i'm actually honored to be here okay yeah, I think that's, that's wow that's that that is a whole lot of um consumption but um you know thank you for giving us that story um while you were talking you gave an explanation as to there is a lot of gaming as opposed to esports in uganda which um i think that that goes across africa as much as um different stakeholders are trying to push esports what we see is still more of gaming so how would you say how big is the gaming community in uganda as opposed to the esports community oh i think uh when it comes to gaming if you look at the um, the the buying demographic the generation x and the generation z you know people Mm -hmm. my age and below you know my young siblings maybe you know young kids I would say it's growing, and I'd maybe put it at, uh, if I'm to use percentages, out of 100%, let's say Uganda is 100%. So out of the 100% population of Uganda, I think I'd give it uh, 50% people are gaming, because we have a very young population, you know, coming up. And um, gaming has become a thing, you know. Mobile gaming is also kind of you know, trending right now. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, something like and see. But... Um, with the uh, internet solutions coming in in and out a bit we're seeing more people now going into the gaming and since we had been like this lockdown and not much was happening and people had you know they really didn't have much to do we show that we actually saw that people are investing more money to buy consoles and to buy games i have a bunch of people that were corporate people and they're actually working 24 7. they called me and they're like hey can you come up and help us with this setup you know get us like around some five xbox you know some playstation get us a bunch of games and you know so 
with that, I actually said, okay, now this is actually becoming a thing. And I don't expect it to change as much if if people are given a reason to, you know, and I'm here to provide that reason so that I can see more people getting into this and mm-hmm. finding ways of earning from it and making a living. So I'd rate that five. Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, how would you rate um, esports in Uganda over 10 and esports in Africa over 10? Over ten, yes, from both for both Uganda and Africa as a whole. Uganda, I think I'll put it at three at a three out of ten. <laughs> That's generous. A, yeah, yeah, I'd give it a three out of ten because uh, we're still we're, we're not seeing the numbers yet. I can't mm-hmm. come out and tell you yeah we have all these because let's say in our platform I have about um, I'd say think about one okay I'll say about two hundred. 200 esports, I'll call them athletes within Uganda. So oh, like wow. My yeah, I have about 200 of them. Then, Are they um, active? Like active, active? Active, active, no, the number drops down. But these are people who know what esports is, yeah, okay. and want to know more. Yeah, and again, it's kind of our reason, kind of, actually, not our reason, but it's kind of our duty, you know, as an esports brand. To give these people reason to get deep into it you know it's a role we have to play we have to actually give them that platform and say hey you know what if you go into this these are the opportunities for you so and when I, when it comes to africa i think uh africa including inclusive uh south africa <laughs> uh, okay let's take out south africa and northern africa now let's take out the moroccos the egypts take out south africa give the rest of Africa is score over ten. Um, five out of ten. Five. That you are really, really generous with your score. With your scores. Most, most, have you most asked? yeah, most have people, you yeah, most people who have come on podcast don't are not generous um, that much. So that means if if you add South Africa and you add Northern Africa, that means what will you be giving esports in Africa? Seven or six? I'll give it a six still. It's just it's just one tip of the iceberg. I think I'll give it a six. Okay, so why are you giving Africa minus those those countries five over ten? Five over ten. Now this is a problem. Um, esports may be going on in all these other countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people that are doing it, people that are running these esports brands or esports companies, are not doing enough in terms of putting the word out there. You know, they're not doing enough to put content out there to know that they're actually doing this. Because I look at a bunch of esports platforms, like I would say, like online. You know, they're not doing so much to raise that that, that kind of community. They're not doing enough. So I would actually say that there are people playing most of these titles. You find, you know, maybe in a school, you find about 50 people who play League of Legends, you know, 50 people who play FIFA. They're just there, you know, and that's already, that's already, that's the industry within them happening. But because Mm -hmm. who are like trying to promote it or trying to put it out there is maybe not doing a good job for you to actually see them and see that, okay, yeah, Africa has numbers. Numbers, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is what I 
we don't have anything to see, but I believe people are there playing these games because I've I've actually tried to sweep around various countries within Africa and see what is going on here, what is going on there, and people are actually there, people are actually playing, and people have been reaching out through our social platforms saying, hey, can you guys do something here? You know, now like Tanzania, it has gamers already that have been reaching out. Tanzanian gamers are reaching out to Uganda. You know, reason being because there is no one in Tanzania trying to push it. You know, and if they're there, maybe they're not doing it to that level of, you know, creating that content that can turn a few heads from all these other African countries. So that's why uh, platforms like that, eSports, e- I think, eSports, e- eSports African Federation, I think, the EFA. Yeah, ESFA. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so they're actually coming together to see that, you know, we can get that voice there. But they will also not be able to do so much, you know, because at the end of the day, they're not in all these different countries. They'll be able to do what they can do, you know, form the federation and, you know, get us internationally recognized. But the job still lies on us. And I believe one of the powerful, one of the powerful tools we can actually maximize is content. You know, and not content specifically for for gamers only. You know, not content of gameplay per se, but content of maybe you know such. Now, me having this talk with you, this is content. You know, people need to get involved in more of this. Yeah, people need to go do a bit of film around esports. You know, capture, do a bit, basically just do a bit of content creation around the esports industry and how, what it can do and what it can change. Then that will enable people. To actually start seeing because we can have all these federations happening but we can never get someone in the uk you cannot get um in a publisher like ea to see what's going on in africa if you do not put out content that can turn their heads do you get me there yeah I, I i totally understand i totally get you um it circles back to what you mentioned and I, what i totally agree with that um, more more people are just gaming rather than being like active in esports. Esports is you know a wide it's 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 a it's a wide umbrella. You have yeah you can you can bring in different things into esports. First of all, like you said, content creation. I know most people would come up with the excuse of um hey um you know, because of data, because of internet connectivity, and so on and so forth. But once again, we are in the habit of, one, downloading movies. So if you yeah. can download, that means you can upload. Fine, I get it that you cannot um, play online and stream online at the same time. But back to creating content, if it's mobile gaming or PC, you can record your screen. That isn't taking your data, is it? With that, exactly. So with that, you can, um, you know, if you need to edit, you edit. And if you need to upload when you have enough data, then you can do that. And Africa so far is being neglected because, like you said, there's no adequate information, which is in form of data or content creation. Fine, we're improving now as opposed to, you know, last year or two years back. But we still need to do more. And you mentioned that, like in Tanzania and their gamers, there, there are so many communities that don't know about, you know, the esports organization in their country or esports in Africa as a whole. And 
another thing where I think there's a misconception is because you have popular game titles being esport titles, that doesn't mean any other game cannot be esports. Any a game that has a community and people willing to watch or content being created from it can be esports. So if for example, if if you have a community that plays Temple Run, they're always competing in it, that can be that can be esports. So we also need to and that's not just to you in Uganda, but to everyone in Africa. We need to pull in, you know, those community, little, little communities that they play, even casual mobile games. People who play iMessage games, they compete, they have their small WhatsApp group and they say, hey, who wants to play me in this? We also need yeah. to be able, yeah, we also need to pull them into the esports umbrella. Like, hey, okay, you know what? If you guys play, um, you know, hoops on, basketball hoops on, message and you have 10 of you that you know you have a group you know you can nurture that and i think we there's a lot of work to do in my opinion a lot of work in terms of all stakeholders um in um in africa um what challenges do you face in uganda as a whole um when you know building the industry or even trying to promote um the brand um i think the the biggest challenge i think even this this is actually bigger than funds the biggest challenge is the fact that how it's uh, how it's seen how it's viewed what perspective do our elders have about esports yeah you're convincing someone in a decision making position because these are people these are people older than us that have been here for some time and they're the ones sitting in these positions that call the shots that you know that make the decisions so it it's very it becomes a bit hard to actually preach to them about esports you know you have to leverage on a lot and the fact that you live i would say if you if you look at the western world and use it as your bait if you want to always if let's say you're giving a presentation to someone and you're using examples of the western world yeah it does not really look I would say it doesn't really look authentic because the Western market and the African market are very different and there's a very big difference between them. Yeah, a, a lot of difference. Yeah. So most of the examples we have when it comes to the esports industry are Western based. You know, mm-hmm. you go somewhere, you go to pitch uh, maybe a sponsor or someone you hope to partner with and they are you know, slightly older and they really don't understand what, you know, tech and esports is. And you're using examples of the Western world. Yeah. So most of them will actually come back and ask you, show me this applying, show me this working in Africa. Give me an example. And again, you can't say South Africa because, you know, that still doesn't apply. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't in any way. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that's the biggest challenge. I, I've personally faced it, but um, I wouldn't say this this was a good thing. But when um, I think COVID nineteen came in, it um, made pitching a bit easy because uh, we did see how applicable it could be. Um, Kenya came up with Kenya. I think Kenya's PSG Pro Series Gaming, very good esports brand out in Kenya. They did a bunch of online tournaments and. That was actually a solution to the fact that we did not have traditional sports happening 
you know so these online fifa tournaments are running these online tekken tournaments are running and it was shame that there was some interaction because that's the content again that we needed so my biggest challenge i think the first big challenge would be the fact that we do not have local content to share to our local sponsors to share to our local you know investors that this can actually work in mm-hmm. uganda the challenge i'm also working on so challenge two i think challenge two would be um building a team around esports because um this is where it gets tricky um normally if you look at someone an individual a gamer per se if you look at a gamer and uh, expect them to know how to run an esports brand or an esports company it gets a bit hard because normally if you're a gamer you're a gamer the same way as you cannot be a football player and a manager at the same time you get me you have to actually pick a side so it becomes a bit hard for you to work with people who are gamers because these are people who are interested in the industry already and they want to do something around it but again they're so committed to their gaming and you know that is their strength so it would be wrong of you and it would be you playing your cards wrong by getting a game and putting him deep into growing the business and growing the brand to me that is not their place they can either pick one side and move with that so it has been very hard for me to grow a team because most of the people are most of the gamers are really clinged onto their gaming and again if you look at people who are non-gamers and bring them into gaming they do not really understand what's going on you get me so yeah, i think so it's cut you short i think it's the way we present it because for example the same way okay let me even track back in terms of education to the elder generations remember while growing up a lot of african parents thought playing football was a waste of time if you they would, you know they'll compare you you know xyz who is trying to be a doctor who's trying to be an engineer and now it has changed the new generation parents are now enrolling their kids for football camps so i think it's supposed to get to that we just need to be able to um yes and like you said we need to be able to create more content so when you're approaching brands um marketing managers you can always give an example like hey you know in ghana you can pull up youtube and say okay this is what they did and you know um this is yeah. so yeah so you can give examples definitely if you go to for example if you go to um the red bull in uganda i don't know which um, you know energy drink you have if you compare france or america to him to present that to him he's definitely not going to get it because he'll be like the markets are different we cannot copy and paste and that is also something we as um, stakeholders in the esports industry in Africa need to learn. We we can't keep copying and pasting esports in the Western world in Africa. We need to be able to tie our own culture into it. And that's why I am always for, you know, let's look for even game developers in Africa, play their games. Definitely majority, you know, it's not, it's not up to FIFA or Tekken. But we can always give them feedback as to, hey, you know, this is how you can make it multiplayer friendly and so on. And be able to even run tournaments on those local games. And just to buttress what you said about non-gamers, um, 
don't forget that in the industry of even music industry, sports industry, there are people who are not athletes or actually entertainers, but you have, you know, you have managers in those industries, you have so, so, social media influencers in those industries. So I think yeah. we also need to educate our age demographics also. So if, for example, if there is a lady who is a social media, who tweets a lot in Uganda, and a lot of people like connect with her, you know, you can bring her into esports and like, okay, fine. You don't necessarily have to know how to play a game, but you can keep tweeting about yeah. esports Uganda, Navi esports, and engaging people in what's it called in uganda and let's let's be honest everyone even if they are not playing playstation xbox pc nintendo switch they have at least one game on their mobile phone even if it's candy crush a hundred percent yeah <laughs> yeah so so you know subconsciously people are indirect gamers in one way or the other it's just we finding a way to bring them into like the industry like hey fine you know if it's a candy crush community you can build then let's 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 go for it that's that's my own take some people might not agree because i think some people are if it's not fifa if it's not tekken if it's not call of duty then yeah and that's the mentality many people in africa you know are, are yeah. carrying and to me i think it, i think it's wrong in my own opinion there yeah. like i said that you you you'll be surprised that majority of the gamers which are casual gamers play more of iMessage games and and no stakeholder is catering to them. No one is doing iMessage. I think so far I've seen just one game, one person tweet like, hey, we're holding an iMessage games competition. And you know, I don't I don't think people really reached out to her per se. So that's another demographics no one is focusing on. And that's, we're looking so much, we're clinging so much on how the Western world has done it. And exactly. hoping that we can reverse engineer it, we say, you know, hoping that we can maybe replicate it somehow, somehow and do it here, which gets a bit hard. And um, I can't tell you that I'm 100% knowledgeable in terms of how we can, how the African market can relate with esports. It's something that we're still learning. It's something that we still have to do deep research on and see what we can do that can actually fit. Again, like since we're the ones creating the industry, we do not have a book to read, you know, a book mm -hmm. of how to create it. We actually have to now start writing that book. So the process of writing that book, a bunch of mistakes are made, but that's the whole point. You know, these are things you have to be prepared for and things you have to be expecting and just work away out because i think we need to really be creative again we really need to be creative if we approach esports with this business mentality at times this whole corporate mentality and um trying to look at where the profits are it will get a bit difficult you know problems will come and money will always be the solution but i think if you look at things in the creative perspective if you look at things creatively you can come up with a bunch of creative solutions that can actually help the industry go far because money is something that is not in abundance we don't have a lot of that so the best you can actually do is rely on our creativity and rely on the creative teams you can have bring them together and actually come up with some of these solutions i believe most of these industries are all created out of money wasn't always there you know people mm -hmm. just had to get clear what they are putting out 
get creative with their content, get creative with their agenda, you know, get get basically yes, get creative with how they're running whatever they're doing and whatever they're actually trying to put across. So we need to work on our creativity. We cannot yeah. get through the the corporate uh, way of handling things. Because I wouldn't say it's a business per se. It can only be a business if you're found of properly establishing it. But you establishing it, you're actually trying to draw it. You're drawing that board. You need to actually use a bit of creativity involved. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy you mentioned money because I, I think another misconception in Africa is majority of people, when they are trying to sell it to people, they yeah. say, oh, you can make money from it. That's always the, the the pitch first, like, oh, you can make money from me. Fine, we understand you can make money from me, but there is a process to this thing. You can't just start to, it's it's not like a poultry business where you invest in three chickens. Exactly. And I think yeah. that's where a lot of people are missing it, whereby it has eaten so deep that, for example, if you say you're hosting a Call of Duty mobile tournament, some people are already asking what is the prize money cash prize yeah <laughs> yeah and if you look at it these gamers are not even in the amateur category talk more of a professional gamer they already say what is the prize money and i always use this example i always use this example i said lebron james michael jordan C- C- Ronaldo, messi they did not get into the sports they are in or become grades because of money. It was passion for it first. So you have to grow that passion. I know, you know, once again, you have to put the African culture into it. We're all about money. How we can quickly make money and all. So that's, that's a fact. But now we need to, you know, the story of the fish. We need to show people how to fish rather than give them the fish. Still mm. come back to you play games randomly. Why don't you create content? Yeah, why don't you, man? You have the yeah. time. You have. The, you can actually do something around the content. Exactly. Going back, going back to money. By the way, um, so I had a team at first, and these guys were like, "So what? What? What's the investment? What should we put in? You know, to get back?" Then I told them, "When you give into esports, when you give, give, give into esports." I told them now, basically like Navi, I gave them a projection of around 10 years for us to actually start making some good money. And most of them were like, that is that, that can't work for me. So, because, <laughs> you know, they were seeing, they saw the ads and Forbes was coming out. Esports is a yeah, multi-billion industry projected by 2019, blah, blah, blah. Then they're like, hey man, this must have some good money. So they started calling me, yo, 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 how, how can we do this? How can we do that? And I told them, when it comes to Uganda, you have to give us about 10 more years. And that is <laughs> even our base, because I don't know if she'll even make it to the 10, you know? And they're like, okay, now that can't, well, that can't work for us, we're sorry. So that is something they do not see, because it's, again, because it's working there and the money and, you know, the infrastructure they have, we can't just dump that here and have the same thing. Yeah. But, um, well, it's really well, interesting, I, yeah. Yeah, but another thing is, if you look at the likes of Ninja, um yeah. all these streamers content creators people who have even won tournaments have collected six million dollars and co they didn't start they, they were not they didn't start gaming last year or two years ago yeah. they have they have been grinding for a while a, a long while and 
it's it's the law of any successful brand any successful person you would have to grind they, there has to be track record of what you have done not oh i just started last year and i'm boom and one million dollars richer from esports it's it, it doesn't it doesn't work like that even as an athlete yeah. don't forget that the um athletes all around the world i don't i can't speak for those in africa once a certain year of olympics is over they start training immediately they don't wait to uh, you know back. And, yeah they, they start training. exactly they may, they may go on vacation for maybe three months but once even three months is too much they're back at it they're dieting they're working out because they want gold they want those medals and also yeah. it does it doesn't it does not work like that we in africa were just all about instant we want it to happen instantly so once you gave um you know a projection like um you know well build, trying to build the brand you give them three years five years seven years ten years they're like looking like nah this like you said yeah. this 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 you know this will not work but once again when esports actually explodes in africa and you see you know navi esports you see different names you will now find out that they have actually been there grinding they didn't just spring up and i think we need to cultivate that's one habit we need to cultivate um yeah and a lot of mistakes that different sectors in africa has made esports should not make the same mistake in terms of like you said investment um you know return on investment and so on and so forth so i think those are the things we need to um be mindful of um let's just round up yes go ahead one thing i would actually want to encourage if whoever is watching this and they're doing something around esports in africa major i'm actually about africa i would want them to as much as possible not get so many investors right now because it's a very big risk because that's a mistake we shall do you know we shall go to these investors forge these numbers and maybe bring a bit of the western numbers within and you know you know mash things up there and try to show that there's actually something in this within the next year and actually spoil it because if we go to these sponsors and they put in their money yeah and you fail to raise these numbers in your country i'll give like a rough example if let's say tomorrow like december is coming let's say navi comes out and it's like ha ah, now we need sponsors to to have this tournament happen let me go to mtn let me go to who let me go to who you know to have this to sponsor my tournament happening in december so mtn is accepting and all let's say other three brands coca-cola you know and maybe a telecom another telecom company they're in they're in, in bed with me so that day of the event comes and we only manage to raise maybe just a hundred gamers mm-hmm. in terms of i'm talking about fans don't play another fans that would be a very big disappointment to these sponsors because we have seen stadiums you know feel at the fortnite world cup you know call of duty league people are all you know it's the stadiums are massive people actually and we're using these images and we're showing these sponsors and they're also getting hyped and they think it's the same thing that's going to be here i believe that's going to be one of the big mistakes that's why personally i've tried to really go slow on getting investors in yet you know I can't really be because sometimes it'll be like after all, what's the point if they give me the money? You know, if MTN gives me the money, so what? Even though they don't make that, even though there's no ROI for them, my event would have happened. But now, what about 
the next year when you want to go back to them yeah you know? mm -hmm. and if you have spoiled it this one time you may actually injure the industry growing 10 years from now because what if that's that mentality that the lawyers have at the back of their head let's not go into this because we may not be able to get these guys on board you no know, we may not be able to actually so that's just a tip we need to get our facts straight before we go look for money for the industry and i remember you gave me a when we we're talking last time about something and you gave me a very good example that i actually liked i don't think i should say it since we're alive now <laughs> <laughs> but i think you gave a point about if if anyone is to do sponsorships in the esports industry the best they can actually do is at least give some sort of not not that kind of sponsorship that involves money and all that you know find another way that does not strain your sponsor so much for them to actually mm. have a negative perspective about the industry moving forward because you can just start small the fact that we are also starting small as brands let's also encourage these sponsors we're going to to start small even though mtn does what it can do and gives you its name that hey you can have us as one of your sponsors and maybe we can we can maybe just give data or something that can actually yeah. work then you go in there and yeah. tell mtn offer a of, of of some some dollars here and there you know because it will not look legit though they may not get what they want i'm not yet confident that we can raise a big number of people coming in over a short period of time i don't believe we're that yet even as a country i don't believe i can come out tomorrow and tell people hey esports this esports this and i'm able to raise a thousand people coming i don't feel that confidence yet but i hope and not in fact i wouldn't say hope but i'm actually working towards that i'm working towards at least in the next five years i'm able to hold a summit or any to off offline now because online is easy but let's say an offline event mm -hmm. and about one able to come together you know and talk it out and you know just be esports you know do esports and do their thing so that's a level i want to reach to at least in the next five years and um, um that's like what is something i'm really working close to and towards too okay yeah. great great so let's round up with this what should we expect from um navi esports you know in the next year in the next two years um like i, I think i mentioned the word content so much yeah time. yeah but content is, content is king now everybody wants to consume content in one way or the other so yeah you are on the right path about that so basically as a brand i don't call ourselves a company first of all because this is not a company yet you know for you to run your camp when you say a company you have to you have to have some kind of business model yeah but the fact that we're now trying to grow what we are growing i'm not focusing on the business aspect i'm now focusing on growing the brand vice versa the concept of esports so from navi moving forward at least in the next two years um we hope one to have kick-started a, a local federation, an esports federation in Uganda, because currently we do not have any happening. I've been in talks with a few people from a few government bodies. I was able, actually just yesterday, I was able to meet some of the advisors in the sports ministry. And uh, we had a chat and it wasn't easy, by the way, because they challenged me. These are people who are really down for sports, traditional sports. They do not want to see their kids get wasted playing a computer game. <laughs> you know so 
Yeah, it was really hard. It was really hard. They asked me very many questions and I was there playing cards of the Western world and, you know, I wasn't so prepared, by the way. But um, they also got me off guard because I thought we were just going to have like a sit-down chat. But they told me, I was in like, like present to us what you have. And they were like, about to be by expected one. So, got a bit hard. But um, yeah, we, we hope to have our federation up at least in the next two months running here in Uganda. Um, I think I would also say, as much as our niche is esports, personally as an individual i want to really go deep into inspiring people and giving people something to live for you know i want to no i wouldn't say that i want to do so much with motivating people and all that but no we just want to be able to change a few lives you know change a few lives someone who has who's looking at something in a certain way if they're able to find themselves within the esports industry because i believe it's wide what i want to do is actually create more uh, job space for creatives to come in and inspire more creatives to join the creative industry because esports has a lot to do with game development a lot to do with content creation and all these things need creatives to actually come together and do it so one of my main focus like points for these two two months i would say i really want to build the face of esports in uganda but not just push it as far as africa but push it as far as Europe and wherever, you know, I want to give it that premium face. Normally, when when we're in Africa, we did not focus so much on our brands. Again, we focus so much on where where is the money coming in. So we do not invest so much time in how we are looking, how we are publicized, you know, what type of content we are putting out there, what perception people have about us. So, as a brand, that is something I want to change. And basically, for the esports, that's how I basically want to start. I want to put it out there that we are a premium brand in Africa, trying to do something new, but trying to do it the best way we can, you know, because at the end of the day, we need to turn these heads. We need to turn heads of people like you in the United States. We need you people to look down to us and say, okay, there's something going on within Africa. So yeah, we're going to be that voice. I'm championing this 100%, and I'm not just looking at Uganda, but I'm looking at Africa as a whole. We are going to be that voice we even though it has to be us doing it at first but i believe there are other people who want to do this and we're also going to do our best to see that we can bring them in and work with them and work with other esports brands in africa and build something authentic you know we don't want to have something plain and something simple we want to have something that can actually inspire people and also turn a few heads out there so expect a lot from me in terms of branding you know branding esports within uganda and africa Mm, that's that's wonderful that, that is wonderful um yeah. i wish you all the best with that i hope everything you know all, all comes together um if anyone wants to connect with you in uganda or you know in africa as a whole and they want to either col- collaborate how can they contact you um we have uh, our we're strong on social media we have our platforms on our Instagram and Twitter, Navi Esports. You know, I think you'll probably be able to find it. So it's just Navi Esports, Instagram and Twitter. Send in a DM and trust me, you get a reply right away because we have someone 24 7 just maintaining those accounts. And even me personally, my Instagram is Ivan Chivoka. There's just a dot between the Ivan and the Chivoka. So as you see the name on the screen, so it's just Ivan Chivoka. You can also hit me up 
through Instagram DM. And yeah, we have a chat. You know, the same way Afrogamer reached out to me and now we're here, is the same way someone else can actually reach out to me and progress. So it's not this, there's no hardship in that. I'm really open to working with as many people as I can because, you know, we have to be strength in numbers and it's good to get points from, you know, people around you and people within the same industry. So I think those platforms come Instagram, Twitter, and my personal DM. Okay. All right, then. Ivan, thank you very much for um, taking time out to discuss with us. Um, we hope that, you know, you can come back and give us, you know, updates of how esports in Uganda is growing and, you know, the progress of Navi esports. Yeah. You can connect with us on Twitter at the Afrogamer underscore, on Instagram at the Afrogamer, Facebook, the official Afrogamer. Thank you for listening to the Afro Gamer Podcast. See you next time.